Welcome to My Experiment, a fun-sized capsule podcast featuring local LA lore, macabre to-dos, and their significance to me. I am your host, Monopoly. This first official episode highlights what happened when I started researching a local Boyle Heights urban legend about a lady with a red sweater who hangs out at a local bar, parties, and asks men for a ride home. In this episode, I'm looking at the power of oral history, how connected to geographical place it is, and the frustration of being at the fading end of those local histories. The Lady with the Red Sweater, and The Vanishing Hitchhiker. I had this friend once who was hanging out at this bar. It was kind of close to Evergreen Cemetery, and there was this woman there. She seemed super cool, and they were hanging out, and it was getting kind of late, and they they closed down the bar. That's how good of a time they were having, right? So, you know, they, I think she asked one of the guys for a ride home, and he's like, you know, well, where do you live? She's like, oh, I live, you know down such and such a road or whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll I'll drive you by there. So it was like, you know, the the two friends, the two guys who were sitting there, because it was two guys in my hazily detailed memory. The two guys were sitting up front. The lady was sitting in the back, and she was wearing a red sweater. So they drive by, you know, blah, 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 and she has them drive past Evergreen Cemetery. And, you know, they're just kind of, the guys are kind of talking or whatever. And, you know, it's kind of been a while since they heard her say anything. And so the driver looked in the rearview mirror. She wasn't there. But her sweater was. So, you know, they were, they probably shouldn't shouldn't have been driving, but whatever. They just kind of put it down to maybe, maybe we dropped her off. I don't know. So anyway... The driver of the car goes back to the bar maybe the next day, or it had been a while, I think, before he went back. But he had the sweater in his car, and he just, you know, one of those things you keep forgetting to bring it back. One of those things you always forget to do. So he takes it back to the bar, and he's talking to the bartender, and he's all, you know, yeah, there's this woman, we were here, like, I don't know, a couple nights ago, a week ago, three months ago, whatever, And she was super cool and blah, blah, blah. And she looked like this and she really kind of stood out, you know. And the bartender was like, oh, yeah, that's, um, I don't know, everybody calls her La Ruby. Like, she's a ghost, dude. And he's like, okay, whatever, dude. Yeah, she ghosted me, but like, come on, dude. I mean, she just, here's a sweater. I can't have this in my car for too long. You know, like, it's hers. She needs her sweater back. And the bartender's like, no, serio, she's a ghost. She will come in here sometimes and, like, hang out. I think she used to party back in the day. And she'll come and she'll hang out, you know, and, and she'll chill for a little bit. And then she'll, she always asks someone for a ride home. Sooner or later, they realize that she is just not in the car anymore. And she always leaves something behind. Last time, I think it was a scarf. And the driver was like, holy shit. He did a couple of Hail Marys and he moved on with his life, you know? Someone told me that story six or seven years ago, and it stuck with me. It stuck with me because I hadn't heard it before, but at the same time, it sounded really familiar. 
I knew the building where the bar was. I know First Street. I know where Evergreen Cemetery is. I could hear the music. I could see what they were wearing. It was so familiar and visceral in a way that none of the other ghost stories about Los Angeles had ever been. So yeah, I wanted to find out where it came from. Was it a real story? Who had been telling it? How long had it been around? I was inspired. I tried looking for something specific about a lady with the red sweater who vanished, urban legend, ghost story, Boyle Heights. I found nothing. But something kept coming up. The vanishing hitchhiker, the vanishing hitchhiker. So I was like, all right, Wikipedia, I'll play your game. The Vanishing Hitchhiker is one of those classic American folklore, urban legend type tales like Bloody Mary and Candyman and the guy with the hook for a hand that terrorizes sexually active teenagers. In short, it wasn't anything super special or specific to Los Angeles. In selecting this story, I thought that I had uncovered a story, you know, from La Gente, from Los Angeles. Something I could actually connect to. Alas, this was not the case. I felt betrayed, bewildered. I felt impotent and out of control, which I really hate. I needed to find sanctuary in a place where I could gather my thoughts and regain my strength. More research. The story of the vanishing hitchhiker dates back centuries, it turns out. There's versions of it coming out of China, czarist Russia, Africa, Mexico, Michigan, just all over the place. Then I found a link to this book, The Vanishing Hitchhiker, published in 1981, written by Jan Harald Brunvard, who was a first-gen child of Norwegian immigrants from Cadillac, Michigan. Wikipedia tells me that his book is one of the reasons that the popular folk tales like Bloody Mary and the Guy with the Hook and all of those, The Vanishing Hitchhiker, became so popular was because he compiled these stories and put them into a book and published the hell out of it in 1981. Brunvald's book is based on the more recent versions of the story dating back from as far as 1870. The source was an article published in 1943 by American folklorists Richard Beardsley and Rosalie Hankey. They conducted their research during the height of World War II, so, you know, 1942 to 1943, and they sent out surveys throughout the U.S. and Mexico to collect data about the different versions of this particular story that existed. They were trying to get down to what are the actual stories, what's the real real here. They found that there were essentially four versions of this one same story. Version one, take me home tonight. A lady hitchhiker gives a driver a specific address to take her to her house. When, by the time they reach the address, the hitchhiker has disappeared. Version two, help the aged. This version sees an old woman being picked up by a hitchhiker. And on their ride, she starts prophesizing about the end of the world and the coming apocalypse. Fun times. 
the driver finds out that, yes, she is, in fact, a dead person, a spirit. Version 3. And Venus was her name. Version 3 is when the hitchhiker is revealed to be a local divinity. And I find it really interesting that it says local divinity, so it's not like one particular religion or mythology. It's whatever divinity is from that particular area. So that was kind of interesting and cool. Local gods and goddesses and sprites and beings from the forest. Hello. I need a ride to the Likamat or the local haberdashery. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And finally, version four. Angel baby, my angel baby. Version four is when a girl is met at some place of entertainment, a dance, instead of on the road, and she has drivers take her to the cemetery where she leaves something, a scarf or a jacket, on her headstone. And then she vanishes. And the drivers realized it was her ghost. So the fourth one sounded a lot like the story that I had heard, but it wasn't exact. Because in the story that I had heard, no one talked about actually going into a cemetery. Because why would you do that at night with somebody? So anyway, there was enough similarities there that I decided to try to track down the original article from uh, California Folklore Journal, something like that. And it was published in 1943, so I really didn't have high hopes, but hey, I like rabbit holes. So I just kind of spent a little bit of time searching. He has to get what I, found. I found a PDF of this article published in 1943. I geeked out so hard. So the actual uh, publication is called California Folklore Quarterly. And I have to figure out where they make them or where they made them and where they keep them because I need to see more of this. Because it's specifically California folklore. I didn't realize there was a whole journal series dedicated to just that. Can you imagine? I have. So anyway, I immediately scanned through this massive article. I mean, it was about 15 to 20 pages with tons and tons of uh, footnotes and annotations. Oh my gosh, it was so exciting. <laughs> But um, I found some pretty fun little jewels. There's a Hawaiian version dating back to 1926 that incorporates the goddess Pele. Goddess of fire. Goddess of volcanoes. The creatrix of Hawaii. And she's the one asking for rides in human form. There were a few versions centering Long Beach dating back to 1930 or in the 1930s, where a woman had died in a car crash during the 1933 Long Beach earthquake. Evidently, it was a 6.4. There were 120 deaths and up to 1,000 injured. The Whittier Narrows quake of 1933. Actually, no, it was, it was more intense, wasn't it? In those versions, the lady asks for a ride to her house. She disappears before they show up. The driver goes and asks about her at the house, and he finds out that she was the daughter of a woman there, and that she had died in that earthquake. Whoa. And then... Eureka! Version 5. 
Los Angeles, California, 1940. This actually happened to a fellow I know. He and his friend were in a beer joint in downtown Los Angeles. They met a young woman there. She asked them if they'd take her home because she lived in the same neighborhood, Belvedere Gardens. So they all got in the car, and she sat in the back seat. It was a very cold night, and she borrowed one of their overcoats. When they reached the Evergreen Cemetery, she asked them if they'd stop a minute. So they stopped and let her out. They waited. When she didn't come back, they thought she had stolen the overcoat. They got a little aggravated and went out to look for her. They went into the cemetery and looked around. Then they saw the overcoat draped over a headstone. Yeah, so I think I, I basically found the origin of at least the story that I had heard. Which means what exactly, right? Well, it's recently become more important to me to feel connected to, or at the very least mindful of, the geography where I live. It's not something I ever really thought or cared about when I was younger, and I am lately realizing that I took belonging to a place for granted to a certain degree. In doing the research for this story or even wanting to find out more about it, it was my way to try to feel like a part of the history of one of the places that I grew up. My grandmother lived in Lincoln Heights, and so I spent a lot of time there, but Boyle Heights is just down the street, and, you know, I remember going there a lot when I was a kid, so it's a part of my childhood. My mom did her first nursing stint when she got out of ELAC nursing school at White Memorial. My dad passed away in White Memorial. So I have a really strong connection to Boyle Heights specifically. It's unfortunate. It really pains me sometimes because it's become a place that I feel more disconnected from the older I get and the more unaffordable it is to live here and in Los Angeles proper. And when things like that happen, the stories are lost. The prospectors who move here want to purge or completely disregard what was already here for their own selfish reasons, rather than learn about the land that they've moved to and the people who were there before them. But what I found and realized was that the vanishing hitchhiker story exists today because of word of mouth. The whole reason I looked into this was because somebody told me a story once. And because people keep telling these stories, these urban legends survive. They're time capsules of geography, migration, historic natural events like earthquakes, and community and family histories. I don't really have those kind of family stories. Most of my closest family members have either transitioned, so we don't really have a chance to talk as Clearly, I guess, as we did when they were here. And then other family members just will not talk about their pasts or cannot remember it because it was just awful, horrific trauma. Which I understand. But that is an example of the violence inherent in the system. Disconnect people from their land, from their stories, from their families, and they will feel entitled to nothing. Invisible. I like to think that these urban legend oral histories are the memories of the land. Ghosts, energetic imprints, what have you. 
and occasionally they reach out to be remembered. I think I'm going to start listening a little better. Thank you for joining me on my experiment. If you are all inclined to geek out the way that I did over the super, super fun information, um, there are links. There will be links in the show notes. So check it out. And if you're so inclined, you know, do a little Google search about urban legends in your area and see what you might find. And of course, when you can, patronize your local libraries, plural. So that wraps episode one. Next episode, episode two, I'll be talking to the person I've known almost as long as I've known my mama, Nadia Tedmori. She has been a true crime diehard since the 90s, and we have known each other since the early 80s. Oh, yes, that long. I'll be talking with her about the Lamb Mortuary and David Sconce. He was a member of an historic Pasadena family that fell hard. I better get what I found out. I know Zvemos. I know Zvemos.